0: Welcome to the Rescue Church Podcast. This is Pastor Sarah Lavecki, and this is the recording of our most recent Sunday sermon. We hope you enjoy. Yes, so Galatians, the fifth chapter, he says this. Paul is speaking to the Galatians. This was the first book written in the New Testament. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things you wish. So there is a level of learning to say no to yourself. Now, here's what I, I'm just gonna say: like I don't know where you come, where you came from, but I know where I came from. And so, embracing Jesus meant no more sex outside of marriage, no more cocaine. No more E-pills, no more K. No more Hennessy, Coke. no more Coke, no, 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 no more whatever it is that you do. Hopefully you, you quit the steroids or whatever. No, 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 you get clean. No more buns. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like no no sex. I, I walked with that for like five or six years. Like and, and you I went from being active to whoop. That's what so so following Jesus means denying yourself. You cannot follow Jesus and live an indulgent lifestyle. You cannot. I'm sorry. This is why I was so hesitant to come back to Jesus. Because I was like, I got to not do that and this and that and this and that. And, uh, you know. Now watch this. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, which is having sex with someone else's wife. Every time you had sex with someone that you didn't marry, you committed adultery. The works of the flesh, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lewdness, the first four of them are in the context of sexual immorality and impropriety. The early church in ancient Rome was known for not participating in public orgies, and the sexual promiscuity of the day. They were known by what they did not participate with. All right. You know, sexual immorality is the idolatry of the body. And when you you look scripturally, you are actually rolling the dice with your eternity. Because the Bible says that if a man perishes in his sin, he's done. That's why I was so, I'm so thankful to the Lord. That's why when I came back to the Lord, I said, if anyone says anything bad against me or does anything bad against me, when, when they stand before you, don't remember it. Don't remember it. I'm living with unconditional forgiveness, whether they say they're sorry or not because you forgave my iniquity. So whatever they do against me, don't remember it when they stand before you because I did a whole lot of wild stuff. And I knew better. Some of you didn't know better. Some of us grew up knowing better. And the people who know better really hurt their conscience and live with a lot of self-inflicted wounds because they know better and didn't do better. So anytime you know better and don't do better, you're going to be held responsible for what you know. Okay. Now the works of the flesh which are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentious, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. It's almost like that was made for Instagram. Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, for those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Listen, this is Paul, this is not me. This is shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The scripture calls us not to tolerance, to repentance. And what I found in our generation is people confess enough to be forgiven, but do not repent enough to change. And that is not Bible. Because there is a, a profound connection to my belief in my behavior, my mind and my mouth, my habits and my practices, my reflexes and responses, You can't separate them. That is American, Western thought that is not biblical. Okay. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. So did you see how the first four were lust? So it's the opposite of love. So lust is counterfeit love. Love is patient. Lust can't wait. Let me say something to you. Let's just say you're a Christian, all right? And you have sex with this woman that you're going to marry before you marry her. You're going to have trouble leading her because you violated her. This will come back to get you later. So, and and everything I'm saying, you have to hear this. Everything I'm saying is not about condemnation. Everything I'm saying is about repentance, acknowledging what went wrong, so that you can make it right, so that you can live in the blessing and the breakthrough of doing things God's way. Because you will have a clean conscience, which means you'll be able to sleep at night. You you will have a a clear drawing board. When your conscience is jacked up, you don't have clarity. You have confusion. You're all over the place. The the littlest thing drives you crazy because inside you don't have... There's not purity. God wants purity. This is a big, big thing to God. The most profound thing about my relationship with my wife is she's only my wife. That's... that. That is violated. Everything else doesn't have the same value. Could God restore it? Could God bring repentance? Yes. But once trust is lost, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You see how self-control is last? Because that's the one that takes the longest to grow. Against such there is no law, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We We have people who want to be born again, but do not want to be crucified with Christ. And we have whole doctrines and whole forms of Christianity that will cater to these improprieties. You have universalism. which which is one of the things Carlton Pearson was a big proponent of, which is basically universal reconciliation, which means that everyone will eventually go to heaven. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's not from the Bible. Jesus said, beware of the one who can cast your soul in hell. Jesus would not talk about that if that were not a situation and a possibility and a reality. Now, the truth is, there's no one in hell who doesn't want to be there. But, you, but when you mess with, you know, sexual immorality, witchcraft, you're playing with your eternity. This is not a game. And, and I think sometimes people look at us, we're young, we're cool, you got jeans, a sweatshirt, you got a hoodie, you know, you're young. I, I don't care about cool. I'm not, I'm not interested in cool. I'm not interested in being friends and cool. I'm interested in first and, pri- and, and, form- and foremost being an ambassador of the kingdom. That's what I'm interested in because cool is not a fruit of the spirit. And cool doesn't pay the bills. People go, oh, he's cool, man, come to this church. That doesn't matter. Cool won't keep you in the day of adversity. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit and let us not become conceited, provoking one another to envy, uh, provoking one another, envying one another. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore one uh In a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So that means that if a brother is in sin, I want to come in the spirit of an extended hand, not a pointed finger. Because when you point your finger, you're positioning yourself to be next. Do you know how many people in my generation are casualties? Do you know how deeply sad that is? How how deeply disorienting that is when when people you've been, you you know, you've ministered with and you love and you care about just just go, go astray? Deeply sad. Now, I want to show you something in Revelation 2 and 3, which is, there's so much here. I, can't, I cannot preach this whole thing today. And I, I really don't want to do a full hostage. I want to do a half hostage today. Sarah's here. Uh-oh. We need a full one. <laughs> he needs a full hostage. Eric is ready for one. All right. <laughs> so Jesus, uh, he reveals himself to John. John is the guy that shows up at the foot of the cross. John is the guy that outruns him to to the tomb. John, John is the one who first recognizes the Lord. John is the one who puts his head on Jesus' bosom. John is the one who's closest to the Lord, and he outlasts everyone. He's the only one who wasn't martyred, because he's the only one who showed up to the foot of the cross, and he who seeks to save his life will lose it, and he who's willing to lose it will find it. So I, I was in the cave where John wrote this book. I was in there. Sarah and I went there on our 10th anniversary. We might take a team back there this year. That's another story. So he, he has this revelation of Jesus. And then he begins to address the issues in the church. Because the church, can I say this? It's full of issues. And sin complicates people's life. You know, sin. You got you, you got divorced. Who who am I spending Christmas with? You got three daddies. You, we're having a family phone call. You know, there's six people on the Zoom call. <laughs> like, who's a, who's who here? I mean, sin really complicates people's life. Righteousness simplifies. Sin complicates. So Jesus uh, reveals himself, and then he begins to say to John to write this stuff, and he he addresses it to the church. So. Here here it comes. Uh, this is John writing. John, I both your brother and companion in tribulation in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the island called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. See that? I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. So, so the Lord is still honoring his day. There's a day in which God blessed and God did that to refresh his people. Not because he gets tired. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Now here, this is a Jewish, just so you know, this is a Jewish day, but now God is revealing Himself in Gentile language. This is the Greek, this is the Greek alphabet. See? There's something happened. This is a new season, but God is still honoring his day. I am the Alpha the Omega, the first and the last. First in Greek is the word protos, where we get the word prototype. I'm the first and the last. What you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia: Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. I don't know if you're seeing that. You, you, you hearing me? He, he turned not to hear a voice, to see a voice. In the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, it says, see the word of the Lord. The Lord wants you to see with clarity the word of the Lord. This is very important. So God begins to first get his attention, and his voice sounded like a trumpet. So first God gets his attention, and then you're going to see later that his voice begins to sound like many waters because he wants to wash his people with the word. He wants to cleanse them and wash them because they're dirty. I remember years ago, I was doing sinful things, and the Lord spoke to me and gave me a revelation. And I said, why would you talk to me when I'm doing this? And uh, he said, the word that I have just spoken to you has made you clean. Fear of the Lord came on me. (laughs) So yeah. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, in the midst of the seven... Lampstands stands one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, down to the feet, girded about his chest with a golden band or golden sash. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire, and his feet were like fine brass, as if it burned or refined in the furnace. Now his feet are burning, that's what I want to talk to you about, is the spirit on Isaiah 4.4 of burning and judgment. Burning in judgment. You'll never hear people talk about this. People talk about feelings and happiness. Burning in judgment. Okay. He, uh, his feet were like fine brass, as if it were refined in a fire, a furnace, and his voice was as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, He laid his right hand on me and said do not be afraid I am the first and the last I am he who lives and was dead and behold I am alive forevermore which means death is no longer a possibility you're dealing with the glorified Son of God you're dealing with incorruptible physicality where death is no longer a possibility that's who you're dealing with and that kind of revelation You know, he falls on the floor like a dead man. And although he was his best friend, he was not too familiar with Jesus. Do not get too familiar with Jesus. Do not get too familiar with the Bible. And do not get too familiar with me because you'll rob yourself. You, you, you don't get. Dr. Dave is still the doc. There has to be a level of respect or you'll rob yourself. All right. I am he who lives and was dead. Okay. And I have the keys of Hades and death. Jesus doesn't say, Well, hell is no longer an option. Hell is no longer real, so I don't need the keys. This is what people are saying. People have lost their mind. He has the keys of Hades and death. Write these things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after this, the mystery of the seven stars, which I which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are. The angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. So the word angels there is not, it's not like an angel. Uh, it's the word messenger. So the Lord is holding the senior leader of the churches and the church in his own hands. When, when he writes to the angel or to the messenger of the church, John is not writing to an angel. Because an angel is not responsible for the church, but the set leader is responsible for the church. This is very important. This is not John writing a letter to an angel. I just want to let you know uh, what's happening here. So he's writing and he's addressing the person he's going to hold responsible. Remember when Adam and Eve, before she was Eve, remember when sin came? He didn't, she she sinned first. He didn't say, woman, where are you? He spoke to Adam, Adam, where are you? Because Adam is the one he left responsible. So Adam is the one that he dealt with. So God will always speak to the one who he's going to hold responsible. Which men, that's us. So you, we got a man up. And if your, man, your husband is not seeking the Lord, well, seek the Lord for him. And, and do what God calls you to do. And that's all you can do. All right. Now, to the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things. So he, he, he goes and he says to them, you know, you, know, you have discernment. And, and he says, this is what I want to I focus on two things. In verse 6, he says, but this you have. So he says, you've lost your first love. Return to your first works. Your first works is always an expression of your first love. What is this first works? Paul raised up 12 men in Ephesus that preached the gospel to 100,000 people in two years. So first love and first works are always the three things that Jesus did, preaching, teaching, feeding, healing. The, that's always the, the most basic things of the kingdom that Jesus did in his ministry. Those are your first works. Do you know in the New Covenant, the New Testament, you know that you couldn't even be a deacon unless you were filled with the Spirit? They wouldn't even let you pass out bread. You have people who have mega churches today that couldn't even be a deacon in the early church. You, If you were not filled with the Spirit and faith, The apostles wouldn't even let you pass bread out. Anyway, that's a whole other story. But this you have that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. In all of Jesus' discourse, he only repeats himself once, and this is the thing that he repeats himself on. Watch in verse 16. He's speaking to the church, the compromising church of Pergamos, and he says, thus you have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Wait a second. This is love. God is love. Love is not God, and love is not love. God is love. That's all of the story, you know. Uh, God is love. God is truth. But he's saying that there's something that he hates. Listen, that's not a joke. And that's not to be taken lightly or to be discredited or to just be pushed aside. So Jesus, this is the only thing that he addresses over and over again. And I'm going to explain to you, first of all, First, he says the deeds of the Nicoletians, say deeds. deeds. Then he says the doctrine of the Nicolesians, say doctrine. doctrine. Your behavior is always determined by what you really believe. So if you don't really believe that Jesus is worthy of your sexuality, you will keep having sex outside of marriage. If you don't really believe Jesus is Lord, you will go toward a same-sex attraction. If you don't believe Jesus is real and he's good and he has what's best for you, you will do things to please yourself sexually that he says are perverted and and destructive. If you don't believe Jesus is worthy, you will withhold your tithe. So it always goes down to belief. For example, don't get religious on me. If you knew for sure someone was going to give you $25,000 right now, if you would get up and walk across the street, every one of you would get up right now and walk across the street, including me. I walk right, I'll come back on live stream with (laughs) $25,000. I got a $2,500 tie, then I'll be ready to move on with the life, and I'll be on the Fear of God website this afternoon. That's honest truth. See, So you will have an urgency for money, but not an urgency to make things right with God. See? This is not in a spirit of accusation. This is in a spirit of, wait a second. We want the breakthrough. We want the blessing. We want the favor, but we don't align yourself. And and if you are in in a situation where it's complicated because of sin, if you seek the wisdom of God, God will give you a way out. You say, oh, we live together, or oh my God, I already have a child with a God will give you a way of escape if you put him first. People say, I can't afford to tithe. No, 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 no. Excuse me, you can't afford not to tithe. Amen. You see, money and this is what Isaac and I were talking about the other day. Money and sexuality. Are, are two of the most central ideas in the New Testament as it relates to following Jesus. So anyway, so he hates, let, let me read in, 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 four, in verse 14, this is him addressing one of the other churches, but I have a few things against you. Dear God, the one who is for you, imagine if Jesus stood before you and said, I have a few things against you. I have a few things against you, not one, a few, because you, are, you have those who hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. The context there is he told them to wipe the Midianites out. They didn't wipe the Midianites out. They took their women to sleep with them. So now, the spirits that Israel did not conquer in the Old Covenant are finding their way into the New Testament church because we've been grafted in. And if you don't deal with a sin in your family, it'll come back on the next generation. I have a. So. <laughs> To eat food, sacrifice to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. Thus, you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicoletians, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly, and I will fight against you with the sword of my mouth. There, so there's a t- repent, or your advocate will become your adversary. Repent. Change. Stop it. Don't mess with it. Don't dabble in it. Don't put yourself in a position for it. Stop. Or else your advocate becomes your adversary. That's, you know what pride does? Pride will turn your advocate into your adversary. This is a serious thing. Now the doctrine of the Nicoletians, nobody really, even smart people, nobody knows for sure about the Nicoletians. Except, what we do know, is that there was compromise that they were pushing so that they don't have conflict. See, the spirit of this age that is tolerant about everything but us. You being a Christian nation and you feel that you have to hold your mouth while demonic people will will propose evil and say it boldly in your face and you'll be quiet. In a Christian country, never mind an Islamic country, never mind a communist country, in a country that is, is the closest thing the world has seen to freedom. Not perfect. I know that. I get that. You don't like it here? I'll bring you 10 other places. You you'll, you'll can't wait to come back. So the Nicoletians were people that brought perversion into the church and they, 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 they celebrated the Roman public perversion which had to do with food sacrifice to idols and orgies and sexual immorality. So it wasn't like you bought a piece of meat at a halal guy and you're like, I can't eat that meat. No, that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about participating with perversion, which is the God, the, the, the God of the Bible calls us out of that. Now, here, here's another one. This is in, in um, the church of Thyatira. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. <laughs> Okay, Uh, because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. And I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not. Don't ever think God's patience is his approval. Don't ever think that. I gave her time chronos. I gave her time chronos. Time that can be measured. Time to repent, and she did not. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her will go into great tribulation. Unless they repent of their deeds, I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know. See, remember David's sin with Bathsheba? The baby died. Sin leads to death. And I'm not saying that just because you had a miscarriage, you did something sinful. We live in a broken world. But I'm telling you that sin, the principle of sin, sin leads to death. The wages of sin are still death. I don't care what they tell you on TV or Instagram, the wages of sin are still death. Okay. Now he says this: I am he who searches the minds and the hearts, and I will give to each one according to your works. I am he, this is Jesus saying, I am he who searches. he examines this is the word in greek examines and investigates uh oh i am he this is jesus talking who examines and investigates the mind and the heart now now here's here's the thing the word mind is not the word mind It actually is the word in Greek that means kidneys. Kidneys. Your inners. You know what your kidneys do? They filter your blood. They they, they filter. There's other things that they do. I, I, I wrote them down. Now the doc is here. I better be careful. (laughs) I get rebuked here, alright. Let me show you a few other things of what they do. The kidneys are powerful chemical factories that perform the following functions. They remove products from the body, they remove drugs from the body, they balance the body's fluids, they release hormones that regulate blood pressure and produce an active form of vitamin D that promotes strong health, healthy bones. And uh, the control the production of red blood cells. I hope that's right. Yeah. Thank you. Let's <laughs> I'd have to repent next week. <laughs> it's like an apology tour. So, so anyway. <laughs> it's like Barack Obama's presidency. <laughs> Sorry. So I am he who searches... The filter of your life. You know God is very generous. You can live with one kidney. He gave you two. Amen. God is very generous. People are like, I don't believe in prosperity. Okay, be broke. You could be broke. <laughs> God is generous. He's like, ah, you can live with one. I'll give you two. <laughs> it's like, Thanks, God. Appreciate my kidneys. <laughs> working very well. All right, so now I am he who examines... And searches and investigates. God investigates the inner, your inner life, which is his priority. Our our priority is I want to go on a trip. I want to pass out filters. God says, I want to investigate your inner life. We go, oh, I want a breakthrough. I want a new wash, new house. God says, I want to investigate your marriage. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I want to have kids. Oh, yeah. I want to heal all the trauma from your childhood. So you don't damage them. Come on. Oh, I want to get it out. Get it out. But that's good. That's a good. Yes. Come on, he's he's coming in your house with this snake in a drain. <laughs> he's a drain. Doctor, you think everything, I'm great, everything. He's coming in, there's crap all over your bathroom. You think it's all good. He's like, oh, I'm born again, I'm nice now, I don't do drugs anymore. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, I am he who searches the the minds, the the kidneys, and the hearts. Uh Uh-oh, cardia. Cardio, where we get cardio or where you get cardio <laughs> <laughs> cardio <laughs> I search the thoughts and the feelings <laughs> we're gonna do some examination <laughs> this is Jesus. dr. Jesus puts the gloves up <laughs> let's see what's in there <laughs> you know but that is isn't. this is the good news We don't have to play games. You can, he doesn't go, well, if you're too broken, we just can't do it. You know, it's like, he goes, no, your your heart is completely broken and messed up. That's okay. I'll give you a new one. Your mind is completely, you have been justifying your compromise for a year. That's not working. I'll give you a new one. You want to do water filters. I want to filter your life. You want (laughs) to, you you know, you want (laughs) to. (laughs) You want a house? I want to give you a home. You want a career? Cute. I want to give you a calling. You want to preach the word? No. The word has to become flesh in you. You're not eating. You're malnourished. You need to eat. I am he who searches the minds and hearts. But, you know, that's not a threat. That's a promise. To me, that's good news. I mean, he doesn't go, well, I don't like what I found, so you're, you're done. It's like, you know, it's like, next. No. He's like, no, I really don't like what I found, and I have a solution for you. It's called my son. But it's not in, in pretending like everything is all good when it's not good. That's, that's the issue that, that we have. You know, he continues on with his sexual immorality here. To the dead church in Sardis, and he says, You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments. So, in the church, there's only a few people in the church, not the bar, not the nightclub, in the house of God, there's only a few people who have not defiled their garments, which is a reference to sexual immorality again. So you have Jezebel, you have the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, you have the deeds of the Nicolaitans, you have the defiled garments. I don't know if you're seeing this, but this seems to be a problem. In the book of Corinthians, you have a dude that is sleeping with his, his father's wife, his stepmom. That is like Jerry Springer. That is like bonafide Arkansas trailer park. That is nasty. That is the deep hood greasy, greasy. That is nasty. That is foul. In the house of the Lord, the Lord wants to clean his house. The Lord wants a clean house. Because God loves you and because you're valuable to him, he's willing to clean us up and wash us up. And, 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 and to dignify us. After all the undignified things that we have done, he's willing to redignify us. Some of us are, you know what? Some of you, I'm going to tell you this, and, I, and I'm serious. Some of you are lucky, we were not, not lucky, blessed that they didn't have this when we were young. Yep. Thank God. Yeah. Mary is at least honest. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. That's all I'm gonna say, cause you see, you see, you see the deacon, you see, you see, you know, sister so and so on there, you see pastors on there. You go, oh, these are nasty people. These are these people are crazy. Thank God that we're not on YouTube. I hope you're not on YouTube. Nowadays you never know. they will be like, so so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> girls gone wild. This stuff, Monica. We just delete that but but you know thank god i mean we in essence man thank god we have a merciful god a good god like someone that would really overlook and cover and forgive and cleanse like that that's to me that's still good news <laughs> you know that's really good news so your your deeds will not outlive your doctrine and your doctrine you, you, you will not outperform your beliefs. Oh, that's good. Come on. You won't. You know what happens to a pilot? When a pilot, I have a friend who's a pilot. Roshan needs to get his pilot license. <laughs> it's prophetic. Yeah. We need more pilots. I can see Deb flying a plane too. But but we, we need like more more like we need more pe- people to to understand this principle you will never outperform your training. When a pilot hits turbulence, they always revert to their training. So when, when turbulence hits your life, you always revert to your training. So that means that when, when you, you get exposed, you get exposed, God gives you an opportunity change I'll give you an example something happened to me the other day and I'm like wow God God is bringing some healing to my life you know I'm not I'm not who I once was you know just two years ago two years ago I was on the phone with Brett I was buying a car I was getting a great deal and I looked very carefully and there was a crack in the seat which I was really mad I was so mad they took a thousand dollars off they was, it was it was it worked in my favor but I was upset nevertheless because I felt like they were not being honest And you had to really look for it. You had to be a freak to see it. But that's how I look at things. I'm like. And so I was mad. I was really upset. And the Lord said, you are mad because you're not used to abundance and you're not used to being able to just go fix a problem. So he addressed something in my heart that was deeper than a slice in the seat. He addressed something. The other day I bought a watch. I got a great deal on it. It had a very slight scratch. You couldn't see it unless you took it and put it to the light, which, of course, is the first thing I did. <laughs> so, that's not, but I didn't have that same feeling. I just sent it to get fixed. Nothing is worth your peace, and the Lord will do things in your life to show you either, yes, you have made progress here, or no, you have not made progress here. Right? And it's okay, Like we don't have to feel ashamed. It wasn't like God, you, he was saying, I, wanna, I want you to get used to abundance, which means you're not used to abundance. <laughs> I wanted you to get used to being powerful and having options. You're not used to options. I want you, you, you need in your life, you, you need to allow the Lord to heal you and train you so that when pressure comes, your first response will be the right response. It'll be a kingdom response so that when you get squeezed, Jesus will come out, not, not you. Because yeah. you don't need more of me and I don't need more of you. We need more of him. And this is, this is really something. So I wanted to bring this forward to us today because we have a God who searches the minds and the hearts. And he is searching to rectify and to heal, not to judge, not to condemn, not to point fingers, but to bring healing. But I, I would like to propose to you that sometimes... I'm gonna sit down and say this nicely. Don't say that. Sometimes we don't have a sense of urgency about the things that matter the most. We have an urgency of what we want the most, but not what matters the most. And I, I think that that is, that is an area that God wants to address in our life because he loves us. If, if you as a father or seeing one of your children go in a direction that would be detrimental to their future or would hurt them, you, you as a father, you are the one who's responsible. Like, if I didn't share what I shared earlier, in God's eyes, I would be unfaithful. Mm-hmm. So I run the risk of being having people misunderstand or being offended or whatever. But my priority is not to please people. I did not get in this to please people. I'm not trying to antagonize anyone or be jerky because that's not a fruit of the Spirit either. You know, jerk is not a fruit of the Spirit. But I'm I'm not here to please people. I'm I'm not here for an amen. I'm here to be faithful to the Lord because God has put a responsibility upon my wife and I and we want to be faithful with what the Lord has entrusted us with because when you're faithful with what the Lord has entrusted you with, you're telling Him that He can trust you with more. And if we're honest, the one thing we all have in common is we all want more. That's to be human. We all, we, all, we all want more. And there's nothing wrong with wanting more, but the best way to show God that you want more and you're ready for more is to handle well what you have and to steward well what you have. So this, this, is, this is a very important thing. And, and what I've tried to model today is when the Lord highlights something that is wrong in your life, allow him, give him space to move. Do do you know how I found out that I needed to address the situation? Here's the situation. I was in a conversation with someone and so this person led a missions team and later he finds out that one of the guys was living with his girlfriend and he confronted the guy privately later and he said like, how come this wasn't mentioned? You know, you shouldn't have been on this team based on this this thing. And when I I heard him say that, he wasn't confronting me directly, but the Holy Spirit was. So at that time, I had an opportunity to humble myself and say, no, I made an error. I made a lapse in judgment. Ask God, okay, show me why I did that. Show me why I allowed that and be open to let, let the Lord show you. But... The Lord will bring things to you. He'll knock on your door. He's not not kicking in the door. Like God is, you are not more powerful than the Holy Spirit, but God will honor your choice. The Holy Spirit can do what the Holy Spirit wants to do, but many times the Lord will do what you want. The Lord will give you, in Romans 1, the revelation of the wrath of God in the New Testament is revealed in Him giving people what they want. So sometimes God will withhold his hand and let you have what you want and realize that's not really what you want or what you need. And many times what you want to hear and what you need to hear are two different things. And I I thank God for people that will tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear. And just so you know, like, we we operate in the fear of the Lord. Like I had a conversation with someone who speaks into my life about today and I prayed for them and they prayed for me. And and we we wanted, we want to walk this thing out with integrity, with longevity, with humility, also with gentleness. Like if we have to say something hard, we want to say it softly. Like we don't our goal is never to hurt people. Like the church should be a place where people can find healing but you cannot really find healing outside of repentance. And it, and it seems that we're living in a generation of people that have traded repentance for tolerance. And I wanna say that that's, that's not biblical. And, and if, if I would act as if it is, I would be unfaithful. It, it would be like if Doc, Dr. Dave knows that I need this treatment and he allows them to give me the wrong treatment knowing it won't work. Just because they can make money selling something. And I'm, I'm not here for what I can get. I'm here for what we can give. And I, I've, what I've learned is if you give more than you take, you'll have more than you need. You know? And I've seen it in, in so many... I mean, I told you yesterday someone just came up and gave me $500. You know, it's just God is faithful when when you when you live with a desire to please Him, and what I've found is that when you live with that desire and, and you let that desire become dominant in your life, and and you let you you water that desire, and you let sunlight get into that desire, and you let this Holy Spirit rain on that desire and, and you let God break up the fallow ground in your life, you know, then that's that's the type of thing that grows. The things that God plants in your life. And so, you know, I, I shared this, you know, I kind of, in a sense, bore my heart to you guys today because we live with a sense of responsibility and and wanting to be faithful to the Lord and also to like. Wanting to be faithful to you. Like, how could I say that I love you and I care about you, but I withhold something that'll benefit you? Right? I'll give you an example. DK, yesterday I sat down by DK and I was telling him, oh, there's a, there's a sale on fear of God. So he goes on the website. He's like, I don't see it. And I'm like, well... If you, if, you hold, if you have my phone, with, which is my account, you'll see this is a private sale. And, and so he was able to use my account and he was able to have access to a sale that he couldn't see outside of my account. But because I love him and he's my friend, I want him to benefit off of that opportunity because I care about him. So I'm, I'm looking out for his interests, right? And so how can I say that I love you or I care about you and not look out for your interest and not say wait we have an issue going on in the church and and I think that sometimes it's very easy to point at other people and go oh like you know this one is doing this or but but let's ask the lord to look within us is there anything in us that would lead to improprieties later is there anything in us because as God promotes us we don't want to dishonor him and make a fool out of ourself and we live in, in a world where it's, we live in a time in a world that is antagonistic toward the gospel and toward even just things that are right like it's almost like if you believe a man is a man it's almost like you're hateful and it's like how did we fall so far from just reality? And, and you go, oh, that's not happening here. No, in Ramapo College in New Jersey, it's happening. In Ramapo, New Jersey, there was a man competing as a woman. The swim team, right? A swim team. So, so to keep pushing, and so as the church, here's what we shouldn't do. We'll we look at that and go, oh my God, what's wrong with them? We're living in sexual sin. Or, or, or our marriages and sex life within a marriage isn't flourishing. Or, you know, you, you're talking about prosperity, but yet our, our practices are not even biblical. They're not, it's like, you know, like people, people as Christians will just, just get into debt. Like, and, and it's just like, well, you said, I, I thought you want the freedom to move for God getting into unnecessary debt and overextending yourself will actually hurt your ability to move. So what is it that you want? Do you want a house or a life? <laughs> you know like like and, and you, you look at it you you want to go somewhere or you just want to have a car in your driveway. Like you know you got a car you can't go nowhere. You know you know it's like and and so we have to we have to really think about and allow the lord to reorient even some of our practices, because there's things that we, we do that, that are not, and, and I, I'm saying this myself, I'm not pointing a finger at you, there's just things that we do that are just not beneficial, and so we have to really think of that as we make choices. And um, so anyway, I, I hope that, that you're, you're getting God's heart behind Jesus addressing His church and and you know what's crazy? Jesus really believes it's his church. <laughs> and I and I think that he wants he wants he wants his church back. He he really wants his church back. Do you know before? And, and this is this is my, my closing my first closing. <laughs> this do you know that Jesus does not address all of the crazy perversion in Rome first. He doesn't, you know, address all the apocalyptic uh, conspiracies. No, he first addresses what is going on on the inside of his own people. So God, to us, our, our the your the purity is God's priority in your life. This is a major, major thing, and. The thing that I'll say about this is that purity will make everything you do better. Like, it will make your marriage better. It will make you more coherent in handling finances. Let's just say you have a lust problem in your life. You think that doesn't translate to how you handle finances? Let's say you have fear. You think that doesn't that doesn't affect how you handle finances? Let's say you you have greed. You think that a little bit of gambling is something right? That's not righteous. That's unrighteous mammon. The Bible calls that filthy lucre. That's dirty. God calls you to be clean, to have clean hands and a pure heart. So, so, the, so the thing is that what God wants to do in our life, he wants to wash us with the word. And in this, in this, in this house, in this household, this is, the, this is the standard. This is the standard. I'm not the standard. I fall short of the standard. Jesus is a standard. The word of God is a standard. And if people are not going to hold the standard graciously, they're going to be held into account. Not, and not in a way of judgment, but a way of saying, actually, God is offering you mercy. Yeah. And by not changing, you're rejecting God's mercy. It would be like this. Let me give you an example. This is my last, my final metaphor. Let's just say I get pulled over because, you know, I like to, you know, drive fast. This happened to me one time with Will was in the car with me. I'm going to preach two services and I get pulled over for driving too fast. This is true. It's true story. I get pulled over, I get a big ticket. Half my offerings go into my ticket. I was upset. You know, so now, you know. But now, imagine the cop pulls me over and goes, I'm gonna give you mercy. Wow okay and then as I take off I floor it boom and it's almost like I just and then I disregard his mercy and then he pulls me over and gives me the maximum penalty that's what happens when people reject the mercy and the patience of God So when you really want to make something in your life that is wrong, right? God will give you the ability to do that. It may take time. Me and my wife did it. Me and my wife did it. So I know firsthand. It was about finances for for, for a time. We were like, this is not just. I'm getting robbed. (laughs) Like straight up robbed. Like this is not just. This is not God's will. And this is not God's best but you know how long we prayed and cried out and didn't say nothing for something that was disorderly and unjust to be rectified if you don't want justice and you don't want purity more than any other thing you won't have that you'll have the other thing that you want more than purity and the Lord does not want us with defiled garments This is the tension of the kingdom. The the tension of the kingdom is that the kingdom of God is radically inclusive. What does that mean? It means that everyone is invited to the marriage supper. Everyone. But it's also radically exclusive. Only those with wedding garments can stay. Only those who put on Jesus, and when you put on Jesus, you put on purity, and you put on righteousness. You put on holiness. When you put on Jesus, that's what you put on. You don't put on sinfulness, greed, fear, lust. No, no, no. When you put on Jesus, you put off that. Let's pray. I would like you to stand with me. Maybe, maybe you're hearing this and you're like, you know what, I have a battle that nobody knows about. Because this is what I found. <laughs> I found I've been in this thing long enough, almost t- actually 20 years now, long enough to find out that there's a lot of people that have battles that you don't know about. They smile, they amen, they tithe, they're, they're nice, and they have a struggle that people don't know. That's real. There, there are people that you, you don't know, especially men. Men suffer in silence. That's why I'm a men's rights activist. I told you guys that. I'm really serious. A lot of men suffer in silence, but really they're hurting. If 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 this is making sense to you in some way, I want to I want to pray with you. Alright, let's pray together. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Lord, we come before you and we present to you our sin our situation, our sexuality, our finances, our desires, our marriages, our homes, our children. And we ask you, Jesus, to bring healing, to bring repentance, to bring forgiveness, and to bring freedom in every area of every life. Lord, there's, there's things that you want to do. And I ask you, Father, that we would trust you enough to let you work on the inside. Search us and know us, O God. I ask you that you would do an examination, that you would remove things that are impure, and that you would affirm and encourage the things that are right. Thank you that you don't give up on us, God. Thank you for your great mercy Thank you for your patience. Thank you for being kind to us. Help us to be faithful to you, Lord. Help the people to understand, Lord, I said what I said in love because you're worth it and because they're worth it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Rescue Church podcast. We would love to see you in person. For more information, visit rescuechurch.tv slash invite.